<laughs> it sounds like the moment that football went through that single pane of glass, I did exactly what a prophet would do, and I ran yeah. away. And welcome to the third episode of The Father, The Son and The Holy Toast. I've started to share the podcast to a wider circle of friends and family, so hello to you all and thank you for listening in. This episode, Dad confesses to the naughtiest thing he did at Theological College, we dig a little deeper on the existence of God, and he gives The Holy Toast podcast an exclusive preview of his next sermon, Lucky You. This week's conversation was had over a crisp, refreshing lager from the Mondo Brewery in Battersea. I hope you enjoy. Cheers. Good afternoon, Dad. Hello, Benno. Welcome to the third third conversation. Yeah, it's becoming a thing, isn't it? It is. Um, shared it a little wider um, with some friends and uh, extended family and people yeah. seem to respond well to it so uh, well I, I haven't been excommunicated yet so <laughs> <laughs> um so this week i bought uh, a beer from a very local brewery called mondo brewery it's less than a five minute walk from my flat it's kind of on the way to towards battersea yeah um and i've bought a lager which they've named Machina? Well, either that or Machina. So I had a look. Can I open it now? I've been sitting here for ages because you're late. Yeah, Okay, so I'm opening it now. Hang on. There we go. So it's a a tin this week rather than a bottle. We've had a bottle the last couple of weeks. So this is a lager. Um, So I looked it up, and we should both really have known what it is. So... Machina or Machina, depending on how you... I don't, I don't think it matters how you pronounce it, um, is in Greek and Roman uh, uh, trage- uh, drama is when a god is lowered into the state or onto the stage with a crane, with a machine, to, yeah. to, to, to give a kind of god's eye view or perspective on whatever the, the scene is. So you should have known that being well, an actor... Well, no, that I, Dis- I did just. I, no, just, just want to say, dis- disappointed. <laughs> I did buy it because I, I felt like there was a link. So, Deus is God, indeed. So, Deus, so God, God on a crane, God on a crane. Yeah. Um, well, it's my yeah, phone, but that'll, <laughs> that's God ringing. <laughs> It'll stop in a minute. Um, and then, and then there's a film, quite yeah. a new film called Ex Machina, I think, uh, and and it's it's a bit like I don't look. I watched the trailer, and it's a bit like that book that I bought you that I don't think you've read yet, called Machines Like Me, and it's about making a robot or a robot that's so human-like that actually you can make a mistake and not realise it's a robot. And the it's, film it stars a, Scarlett Johansson. What the film? The one Ex you're Machina. the one you're talking about, I think. I've, I've no idea. Famous people, but I didn't know who they are because I'm old. Um, I do remember that I book. I did start it, but I've uh, I'm famous for uh, taking well years, a, a rather long time to uh, to complete to a book. 
to read a book. Anyway, so yeah, so Machina is uh, uh, does have God connections, and it's also uh, what's what looks like quite an interesting film, but it, it's not the same as the book week that, that that I've read and that I suggested you re- read. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, cheers. That's that. Cheers. 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 It's a bit cloudy again. You go for these cloudy things. Quite crisp it's, and refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. It's nice. I can't say I'm that much of a a beer connoisseur. Connoisseur. In terms Conno- of taste, tasting note, what's what? I think, I think it's connoisseur. What did I say? Connoisseur. <laughs> and I, <laughs> That's a, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I, I don't, I don't have that much of a uh, intelligent palate. I mean, to, to me, a, a lot of, a lot of things just taste the same. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, this, it's, it's one, very this pleasant, one tastes good. Very pleasant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, following on from our last conversation, yes, uh, Mum, let me know that you actually did have a naughty story from St. Stephen's. So I thought it, it only yeah. best we go back to that and, and find out about your naughty, okay. as she described, the Easter story. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the practice was uh, on the Saturday before Easter, which is called Holy Saturday or Easter Eve. Um, there was a, the, 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 we did, we did a, a service that was a very very long service that started really late because the the, the gospels say that Jesus uh, the the empty tomb was discovered uh, at dawn, so the service lasts you know for like three hours through the night with huge long readings and you know it's in darkness and slowly um, there's a kind of it's kind of a dramatic um, uh, there's a there's a, there's a real drama about it because slowly light you know candles are lit or a candle is lit and then more candles are lit and you know what starts off in complete darkness ends up filled with light and there's all that kind of symbolism going on and everything anyway so is that you sorry is that unique i've never heard of that they don't do that in kind of parish churches uh not 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 the full work so do you do it at york um, minster no but we do have a service at harper state on a on holy saturday on easter eve in the evening in the dark Mm-hmm. Which has got a. F- I mean, you know, we, uh, the way we used to do it in the parish was to get up really early on Easter Sunday morning and do it at dawn or you know six o'clock in the morning, and we used to have a bonfire outside as the new light, the kind of symbolism of resurrection and and things. That's how we did it in the parish. But but, but anyway, while you were, but while you were at preschool, you were all such kind of hardcore, hardcore yeah, we did it. Jesus fans. We, we did we did it. Yeah, we did the hardcore version, which which you know they do in. Um, uh, monks and you know monks and nuns would do it like that, yeah, uh, and would have done it. It would have been like that in 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 the olden days, in centuries gone by. It would have been done like that. Anyway, that's not really the point. I mean, it's an interesting <laughs> bit of uh, learning. Uh, the point is that once all that was done, this huge long piece of liturgy, which is what you call a service that uh, a service in church, a piece of liturgy, uh, it, that's all done. So it was kind of done about. I suppose it must have been about I don't know two o'clock in the morning or something like that. Then the then the parties began, so at, loads at, of people. At, what after the Stephen's house? Yeah, because we were because it was the end of Lent, so anything that everyone you know whatever people had given up for Lent was now you know you'd been to mass on on Easter morning um, because it was after it was Easter Sunday by now, 
and you know you could you could have a celebration so there was lots of parties going around so there, there wasn't just one there were several and you know in the interest of being as friendly as possible which of course is important if you're trained to be a priest one went to as many as you could and what people had done was to make uh, some kind of punch um <laughs> And um, so, you know, in the interest of, again, being friendly, one joined in and um, it transpired. Uh, I discovered very early the next, well, the same morning, but after I'd been to bed and woken up, that actually in the punch was massive, massive amounts of gin. And so I couldn't lift my head off the pillow on, on the proper, you know, and the proper kind of nine o'clock on Easter Sunday morning, because we were supposed to go to church again then. Yeah. And I didn't go because I felt so, so awful. Um, and I've, I don't think I've ever drink, drunk. I mean, I never was a f- huge fan of gin anyway. But And actually a number of people were smitten. Um, and there was a story, because I wasn't there, that actually the organist who was there, who'd also been you know, partaking quite generously the night before or the early morning before, um, slumped on the organ keys at one point he just went Aah! you know that's that's the organ noise not him you know going Aah! um i don't know whether that's true or not but anyway so yeah so so that was uh, yeah so i was naughty didn't get into any particular trouble apart from the fact that it was about six o'clock in the evening before i could actually you know get up i felt so awful you, you, ce- you, you celebrated jesus's resurrection so hard that, yeah. that you actually couldn't couldn't go back to church i couldn't go back to church i mean and that reminds me of an uh, there was another there was another time when i actually my it sounds as though because i'm kind of an alcoholic um um but actually once when i was leading a pilgrimage in the holy land um i went for a, a very very long walk on one afternoon and foolishly rehydrated myself with just two pints and it was only two pints of lager and felt really, really terrible the next day, but did get up and went, and I was celebrating communion on the top of the Mount of Transfiguration. So we had to ride up in, um, you know, you go halfway in a coach and then you have to get into these uh, taxis, which are, are, are driven by a family uh, of Shiite Muslims, bizarrely. Um, and they drive you up in these stretch Mercedes Benzes to the top. Of, they've got a monopoly on doing that. To the top, is, this is a few years ago, it might be different now, to the top of this mountain um, where this wonderful kind of um, uh, spiritual experience uh, happened with Jesus, you know, glowing with light and, you know, people appearing with him. And it's a beautiful, beautiful story called the Transfiguration. Uh, and there was me feeling like, Death warmed up and uh, celebrating communion. <laughs> so there you go. I so said, actually, I'm very naughty. I didn't think I was, but I, you know, but clearly I am. Yeah. I, just I mean, the drink. your 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 Easter story. I mean, I, I've had similar nights, but no. where, I've, where I've celebrated till the uh, till the uh, morning, the rising of the sun in the morning. Yeah. Um, but I've never I've never missed work. The next day, so all right, all right. <laughs> so, so in the in the interests of mutual confession, which of course is a good thing, um, we might get onto that one day about you know going to church and you know saying sorry for things. Anyway, um, naughtiest thing you did at school? Naughtiest thing I did at school. I think the bell went at the end of lunch, and 
we were a large group of us kicking a ball against a wall and I think the bell went and we should have just stopped the game straight away but a, a chaotic rush of boys going to classes I just I just excitedly gave it one last kick and that went straight through a window uh, and I remember immediately turning around uh, and running away and going straight to my drama class and <laughs> I, I don't know what happened what nobody I mean, ever did anything about it I, I think I just I I felt I could blend in the crowd and, and, and no one would ever find out who did it and now you've just told millions of people who are listening to this podcast yeah I mean it wasn't yeah obviously it wasn't intentional and it was an accident um, don't start making excuses now it's too late and also I think of, of, of my school career that's probably the one and only thing that I did wrong I think I was quite a well behaved well good well behaved boy I, 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 I remember I remember a, a couple <laughs> of students rang, rang the school and uh, said there was a bomb scare. No. So we all had to go up to the uh, school fields. I think they just didn't want to, didn't want to be in class. But they made fifteen hundred students evacuate a school, and loads of police and dogs and things come in. So I think, oh, in the big scheme of things, I'm probably a broken not, window's not. It's not, not in that, that bad. That's the premiership of nineteen. And, and they were weak windows. It was sing, single. <laughs> <laughs> single glass I mean you're stupid for creating a school with it's single glass fault. it's basically their fault yeah what did you expect yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay so yeah well I think okay. what, what we've learnt from that is is that neither of us neither of us are that 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 naughty I don't think but, but then neither of us are perfect but you've got a weaker tolerance for alcohol yeah what, what even than you well, I've been known to uh, to be any. Uh, what's the what? What do you call somebody who's a lightweight? Yeah, you're you're just a featherweight. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll take that. I'll take. I'm, that. I'm a lightweight who can go the twelve rounds. You're a featherweight that that gets knocked out in the first minute. Yeah, yeah. I just fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Did people fall asleep in that Easter service? I I fall asleep after ten. PM watching a film I'm enjoying. I mean, I'd, I, if I was rocking up at church at midnight and no. someone was in the middle of a, a long reading, no, just... why do you why do you think there are pews in church? Because they're really uncomfortable, so you don't go to sleep. That's why they put pews in there. I'm sure. I'm convinced of it. But that's like admitting that your material isn't good enough to keep people awake. No, 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 no. If your it readings were that, that good, there'd be beanbags. <laughs> no, there's a there's a there's a, there's um. There's, there's no gain without pain. We no. all know that. You, you, you go running. You do exercises. So do I. You've got to, yeah. you've got to have the pain to get, to get somewhere. Hmm. Anyway. Anyway. Um, anyway, yeah. There was something else from last week yeah. um, that we were talking about um, a creation, and we were talking about freedom and uh, you know God and humanity and you know why bad things happen and all of that, weren't we? Yeah. And 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 I heard something on the radio this week that made me think about all of that. I mean, I've thought about it quite a lot. It's one of the good things about doing this because it's making me think again about all sorts of things. Um, and um, it was about, you know, often God is um, compared to a, some kind of an artist 
you know a creative you know that that the world and um everything everything is is part of his uh, creative um essence and um there was this author it was a woman i can't remember her name um talking about how she writes and she said that she doesn't she doesn't write a plan she spends a long time thinking about the characters that she wants to create a long time and she kind of gets to know them and then she just starts writing without knowing what the story is going to be mm-hmm. and the story comes and I just thought maybe maybe God's creativity is of that order in other words it's there's a there's a purpose but not a plan in other words the purpose is to write a story in mm-hmm. which people that have been created play play out play their part and um but and it, it it unfolds and actually i've done a bit of creative writing and actually and that does happen that you you i've started writing sometimes it happens with sermons you start writing thinking well, that's an idea and you don't know where it's going but actually the process of creating actually creates whatever it is you're creating Rather than thinking, having a, a a clear plan that you know this is the story, this is the message, this is how I'm going to get there, um, that actually you just start, you know, writing. You just start creating, and you know that. And I and I suppose what I want also want to come back on is that the 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 difference with you know us, and you know meet my belief that God created us. And that we're part of the story, that it's God's story, but actually we've been given the, the freedom and the liberty to influence that story. So whatever happens in the story, whether it's good or bad, we we have a we have a way to be involved in. We, you know, we can be involved in that, and we can either do it along the lines of um, uh, um, natural selection in other words you know the biggest the strongest wins or it's all about me 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 surviving Mm -hmm. which is what lots of people do and we've all got a tendency to do including me or we can do it thinking actually we've got to survive it's a communal thing what we're doing here and actually you know what jesus gives us is a is a model of sacrificial love in which he gives way so that other people can live and that's a kind of counter intuitive to to, to human beings but that's what he did and that's what makes what he did particularly perhaps but, but, but uh, particularly special i agree with you that we benefit from a from a sense of community and not put not putting uh the individual as the the priority i just even with you describing that what so for the lady to write her book or for you to do your creative writing you're the you're the, you're the artist you're the creator instigator and i know and and i know i think we can all commonly agree that you and that lady exist and have a desire to uh, express yourself. Yeah, yeah. I think the issue 
or the difficulty that some have, including myself, yeah. is one, we don't have any scientific proof of a conscious creator outside of the human race and okay. two why do what what's the need to reason why what is happening on the world right now what's the reason for what's happening on the world right now what's the reason that we need to make some in my eyes make, make something, something up. up that that I think the idea of God, the um, idea of religion comes from human, human beings. And as I say, I'm agreeing with you. I think it's important that we have a sense of community. If, if you want to call it God, I'm happy to do that. But for me, the God is the connected minds and souls of human beings, not something outside of that. And it's when somebody's talking about that, that, I feel like I tend why you got to, to be so. Why, why have you got to be so scientific about it? Why, why has it got but, to be inside or outside? Why you know you know why can't you know one of the things that the Bible says and that we say that I say probably one of the most common things that I say is God is love, and you've just described that, which then which, which is inside and outside. It's it's not. Yeah, it's no. Not, I think, well, I, I would say I it's the, inside us as humans and it's outside in that it's what whatever the conscious shared conscious emotions and feelings we have between us as we can communicate with each other and what we can give others animals or nature which to us can't communicate back to us that love and appreciation but for for me that that's amazing and beautiful and wonderful and important and we can use stories such as Jesus to give people that guideline and uh, what i mean without being crass but what what what's the difference between god father christmas and the tooth fairy <laughs> At a teenage age, we all let go of the Tooth Fairy and Father Christmas, and we know what we know what they provide for young minds—a sense of magic, a sense of sense of that. Yeah. But for some reason, the God one has keeps with. Well, you, you. I mean, you. you you've compared those i mean i i wouldn't i wouldn't say they're comparable things at all i mean you've done that i think it's the so yeah i then then the then what it that i think it's on. the prejudice that non-religious people have that we think that people who believe in god believe in something that almost equates to a kind of father christmas oh no no, no, story no, no. which i which i do know isn't how you think of it and it doesn't necessarily no. mean it, people believe in a 
in a in a human looking god and that god can be an energy or or something in the air in the atmosphere and between between people but but having personifying him puts me me off maybe, <laughs> maybe? i don't know so, what, what, do you know I mean, what i mean what it, yeah 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 i think so it, what it boils down to perhaps is is all of this existence a chemical accident or is there some more to it than that yeah brilliant that's what it boils that's what it boils down to but you, and but, actually but, but so you're not saying you have the answer you're just on a quest for the answer well I, that's, how could I, you, I, or do you say categorically god is a thing or no, are you no no i say i say that i believe that that we are part of we're living part of God's story. That we are a but, living part of God's story, and God, God isn't isn't a kind of old man in the sky with a long beard. It looks a little bit like Father Christmas, but with a white <laughs> robe rather than a red one, or a whatever it used to be before. But they put it in red, or Coca Cola got hold of it, or whatever. That actually, that 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 God is love, and that actually. To, to think of to, to, to think of things only in terms of scientific proof, linear time, being in or out of something isn't helpful because actually there's much, much more to the world. Uh, things that I might uh, say that I believe in um, that might appear to be impossible or supernatural, um, that's not saying I'm not saying that I believe in all the miracles that were written in the Bible exactly as they you know they're told or anything but mm-hmm. actually maybe we just don't understand the way science works the way the, the, or not not the way science works but the way the world works maybe and I think most scientists would agree we haven't got all the answers it's not all neat and tidy and actually to say oh well because science doesn't prove that then I'm not going to believe it it's, I think it's a, just a little bit tiny a tiny little bit narrow-minded <laughs> I yeah. would say. I don't know. I just feel like maybe we're 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 closer, or I'm not talking for anyone else, but I feel like we're almost saying the same thing. Almost because I'm not I'm not set on science, and I'm not, and I and I know, that, I mean, I don't think scientists have cracked consciousness, or so so that so so I I'm. I'm willing to not suspend my disbelief, but I'm willing to allow there to be kind of this supernatural, unexplainable thing. And amazingly, as a animal, humans, we're able to communicate and share that. And we are better when we work together and we better... So so I kind of feel like I'm saying the same thing as you and you're just saying that that thing is God? Yeah. And that God Cause, is Cuz I think that, religion that, I do I, I'm not I'm not I'm not anti-religion. I think it has a place and I I mean it wasn't 24/7 but I grew up going to church once a week and I can't deny whether my morals have been uh, 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 shaped well, anyway by that, and if I, 
And if clearly I, not, if you gratuitously go around smashing windows and not saying anything about it, nothing, nothing rubbed off at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do need to beg forgiveness for that from from something. But that's what I mean. I, I, I'm, think, I'm all for community. I'm all for people. I think uh, we're, we're in the current modern world. On the whole, we're probably not very good at reflection, which is probably where this whole like mindfulness, well-being, meditation but, thing is coming from. But I kind but, of see religion as just another version of that. And if it works for you, then great. But it's just this leap of faith to believing that there's a creator or a reason or, or somebody who went, I'm going to write a story and think about all the human beings and then just let the story come out. Oh, some a child died or oh, somebody did something really bad. Oh, I'm just writing the story. I, yeah, I, th- I, th- I, th- I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but it, but it, that sounds a little bit um, uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm hesitating because it, it, it sounds it, it, it sounds as though you're confining your 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 I can't remember what the word is. You're you're making God into a human being. You're only thinking of God as as a, as a kind of human being, and I, no, no, I, no. I agree. I'm, I agree I'm that saying I, if if, I, God, if God is the connection, the the magic thing between my brain and your brain, or my heart and your heart, or my soul and your soul, whatever you want to say, and that times seven billion connections, yeah, and all of that, and we're sharing this time in this moment, and we're able to communicate and share and help and love and feel things and learn from things and all of that i i'm i'm down i think that that for me that's i i it is mind-blowing and i am in awe of our uh position and our creation and our experience of that happening I don't know. Which I is just, a, I've which, suddenly suddenly just felt like I was finding God, but <laughs> <laughs> but no, well, I, yeah, I'm just like I'm, I'm not so, I, I'm not I'm not not thinking about those things. I just it's just this. Well, science doesn't have all the answers, but I've got an idea that it was a man who wanted or or lady who wanted to write a story. Um, wanted to create. Wanted to create a story. Well, create, just create. Don't, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I brought the, the the story thing in, and I think that's really important because I think stories are kind of fundamental to us as human beings. But, but, um, yeah, it's it's it God was, was to really create. God was really unearthing some uh, some hidden demons when uh, he got to chapter two thousand and twenty, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he really. But, I mean, but, I would have spread it. I would have spread all of that. That that tragedy and trauma through the next two chapters. You anyway. you think it's more likely that all of this is pointless? Is just an is just an accident of chemicals? You, yeah, you think that's but, yeah, more but, likely than actually, you know, uh, the, when 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 uh, Moses is asked uh, asks at the burning bush in that wonderful story in the Old Testament. You know, what's your name? Because he's encountering God. Uh, the the name is I am. So, you know, 
I am. <laughs> so there's just there's just so there's just so there's either you've got a chemical accident that turns into me and you having a conversation in 2021 by some kind of linear time measurement uh being just an just just an accident or you have actually there's a for that there, there's something there's something beyond what we can actually comprehend fully we can we we can glance against it. We can glimpse it. We can, um, but isn't and and actually, if you take some time each week to to think about, you know, what you want to say sorry for, what you're thankful for, what you're hoping for, which is all church is basically, um, uh, it's that's kind of mindfulness. It's nothing new. It's kind of what we do. It's what I've been doing every day, every Sunday of my life, and actually most days of my life as because I'm a priest. It's it's about reflecting which, on which i agree with i think how, that how we're getting on how are we that, doing i think that has immense value and i think you would well go to church then no but oh yeah but you're you're not <laughs> you you know and agree that there's it doesn't have to be that that way to do that i mean if it's I no mean, i think maybe, there has to be maybe, maybe you would but my, the point that i was going to make then was is is it and inherent egotistical problem for humans that we think we're so important and so significant and so um and so special that and unless you disagree with the timeline but from my understanding if the universe was created what I don't even know. I'd have to Google it. Billions and billions and billions of years ago. Yeah. And all of the worlds and the planets and the stars and all of that and any and any biological organic matter that's existed up until now, I don't know, some of it may have been conscious, some of it may have not, but on Earth it doesn't look like there was anything as intelligent as humans for billions and billions of years. Was God... I don't know. Was God around then? Did God start the story with the Big Bang? What happened before the Big Bang? Why did humans well, good, good. only I mean, come? Only, only, but... Why did humans only come in the? I mean, probably not even a blink. Like we're probably oh, a milli, 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 millisecond in the history of the world. Yeah, and, and suddenly, we're a blink of the eye. And suddenly, all of this. I, to me, God then, and religion and all of that came from humans. That's not me. I'm not disrespecting it. And as no. I said in the last episode, I understand and appreciate the significance that religion has had in the development and progression of humans and also lots of negative things as well. But I just think it, it just... it it. I don't know. I'm I'm happy with the insignificance and the accident thing, and that's not me being sad or scientific or I'm just that I don't feel like I need to answer it. Maybe I don't know. There's my ramble. So, no, no, that's fine. So, did you take your glasses uh, off? Oh, I you was did. Just clean. They're a bit dusty. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I was closing my eyes while I was talking. And I looked up and I felt like you just like taking glasses. Oh. 
can't believe what this, <laughs> can't believe what this boy's saying. Um, no, no, no. Um, I don't know. I don't really know how what you how you answer that, but no. I well, I, the, I mean, one of the things that that I think is one of the things I think religion helps us do. I mean, apart from, uh, I mean, it's it religious practice all the services that we go to all you know that easter service and everything it's all about us trying to be the best people we can be it's all about that it's all about everything that people go on about mindfulness and stuff that that it's all that That, that's that's basically you know trying to trying to live live your life and become the person that i would say god made you to be so you know get rid of the dross and the and the um Everything that 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 drags us down. Um, oh, I've lost my train of thought now. <laughs> it's so profound. The mindfulness. Uh, you were saying something about the mindfulness. That yeah. We'll have to re- we'll have to rewind it, and um, that's, that's what happened. I don't know if I could say everything I just said again. No, well, please don't. Um, <laughs> no, I've lost it completely now. That's really stupid. That's really frustrating. Because it was really good. <laughs> um, I, well, I well, I don't think this is what you're going to say, but I know you've said in the past that. Oh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that you felt this new wave of mindfulness and well-being is all about the self, and and it's a bit. Uh, you yeah. Just, okay. The, that the, the the that the, the individual thing and that you're maybe again I'm not talking for you but maybe the point is mm. is that that's that's just trying to make yourself better not trying to make others better and actually doing that communally is yeah is, is more a, is more important that, and that, and, that, and again that, I I agree with that as well I mean somebody yeah. somebody feeling like they want to be better and then doing all of their self reflection and work on their own in the quiet in their bedroom. Um, although that has value, but it it doesn't. It, no, I think there needs to be. A, a, I think you're right. That the I think I'm right because you're telling me what I've been saying, and I think you're right <laughs> that that um, it's it, there's something about doing it communally with other people who are also uh, you know uh, failures and and sinners and you know who got drunk and got hung over and broke windows at school and, you know, doing it together and Mm. um, acknowledging our uh, weaknesses and failures as human beings, but actually constantly trying to be and thinking about and being challenged, which is what a sermon should be about, um, to, to, to think about things differently and do them in a better way. And actually there is a, there is a, there is a way that, 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 that breaks cycles of destruction and um, destructive behavior, and uh, and it's the way that Jesus shows us. That's 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 the heart of it. Mm-hmm. Is what I is what I would argue that we're not just an accident. Hmm. So, picking up on what you just said, then about sermons, what makes a good sermon? Um, well, that's a that's a good question. What 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 was the last? I don't know. Do you remember the last sermon you wrote? What that was about? Or, yeah. or I wrote it this morning. 
Oh, did you? What was going on then? Yeah. If you want to share, if you want to give a preview. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there's this story about a prophet. It's an Old Testament because uh, it's an even song tomorrow. It can okay. be on uh, live streamed at uh, four o'clock from York Minster, starring um, kind of Michael Smith in the role of preacher. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, how, how can uh, uh, how can someone watch that if they want to watch that? I mean, this probably isn't going to go out before. No, then, but... be, no, no, no. But it'll still be on our website, York Minster uh, website. After. Yeah, later this week it'll it'll, it'll still be accessible on our York Minster website. Look on on services or whatever you'll you'll find it. Is it just audio and, or do you do video as well? Do you? No, no. You get to see my lovely visage dr- with my dress. Yeah, in my frock. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um. So there was this prophet called Elijah who uh, who um, was in a prophet competition with the prophets of Baal. So Elijah was a true prophet of the true God. And this is the Old Testament story. And the prophets of Baal were, a, and Baal was a false god. And there was this competition. There was a the prophet off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't use that in the sermon, but it was a competition. And and Elijah won. And as a result of him winning, you know, because God did what uh, Elijah wanted, all the prophets of Baal died or got killed or something. I can't, I can't, I can't remember how they did, but they, they all died. This is the Old Testament, mind you. So... Um, so that's you know good for Elijah, but a lot of people were upset about that. So, including a queen called Jezebel, who sent her tough guys to go and get Elijah and kill him. So he runs away. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so the the sermons about what what do you do in a crisis? How do we react in a crisis? And I've done a psychometric test this week for something we're doing here, and it said you know uh, um, I'm good at I'm good at dealing with a crisis agree you know strongly agree agree disagree strongly disagree and you have to tick which one you know you've everyone's done these psychometric things these days yeah um and um and so i i'm using that as a way in to think about well how did elijah react when he had the crisis of you know someone's chasing him to kill him um he runs away and he and he runs into the wilderness and he sits under a tree and he says okay i want to die now so he completely gives up and says, mm-hmm. that's it, you know. Um, he falls asleep, he wakes up, an angel ministers to him, or the tooth fairy, or Father Christmas, whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> he gets some bread and water. So he gets sustained and God tells him to go to Mount Horeb, a holy mountain, which is 40 days walk away. It's like okay. A- so he does that. Mm-hmm. For some reason he's got, he's got out of his, I want to die, frame of mind and he walks to Horeb he goes to a cave God asks him again no no God asks him what are you doing here Elijah and he says I'm running away because someone wants to kill me and then he says well go out of the cave because the Lord is going to pass by I'm going to pass by I'm going to you're going to encounter God mm-hmm. so he goes out and there's a mighty wind splits rocks is the, what the Bible says God's not in the wind and then there's an earthquake God's not in the earthquake. And then there's a fire. God's not in the fire. And then there's the sound of the sheer silence. And then he hears God asking the question, what are you doing here, Elijah? Exactly the same question he asked before. So my point is, how do you react to a crisis? And actually, he says, I'm frightened. Someone's trying to kill me. 
and God says, okay, what I want you to do now is I want you to go and anoint these two special people because they're going to be kings. They're going to sort out the problems that caused all of this in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then I want you to hand your mantle, which means I want you to give your uh, authority as uh, the prophet of God to Elisha. Funny enough, he's got a same, a similar name. Mm-hmm. So Elisha, so basically you're going to retire. So the point is that in order for Elijah to get to that point, he mm-hmm. had to spend time and then reflect on what the crisis was. In other words, he didn't just follow his gut. His gut was, I just want to die. Mm-hmm. But because he spent 40 days walking to Horeb, and then, he, and, th- and then he encountered God, not in a way that he expected, mm-hmm. you know, fire, earthquake, but actually in silence or out of silence. And then actually nothing changes. It's still exactly the same question. But he finds a way through and he goes and does what he's told and he gives his and he, you know, that's the end of his prophecy. That's the end of his bit of the story, if you like. Mm -hmm. So what happens is the way to deal with a crisis, if it's not a crisis where you have to make an instant decision, Mm -hmm. but actually, you know, which sometimes is the case, maybe to to go away, not not to not to walk 40 days to a holy mountain necessarily, but to take some space, take a step back, get a new perspective, get a sense of proportion and then say a prayer, mm-hmm. try to encounter something of God, that actually in the end, it doesn't change the problem. It doesn't change the crisis, but it gives you, you find a way through it. You find a sense of direction. And that's what ha- seems to happen to uh, Elijah. And then I dr- draw the comparison with Jesus, who spends a lot of time leaving people behind and going to a quiet place to think and to pray. Um, not that... Um, and on Maundy Thursday, the day before he died, he did exactly that. And he still gets arrested and, and crucified, but he's gone away. He's had to think about it. He said a prayer. Mm-hmm. And actually throughout the next three days, he, God's with him and he, it ends up with resurrection. So, so dealing with a crisis is not just about, for a Christian or a, a, a person of faith, is not saying God solved this. Because mm-hmm. both those stories, all those stories say that's not how it works. It's about figuring it out with God, not asking God to do it for you. And you'd say, well, why do you need God? Why didn't what? You, you'd say, why do you need God in that? Why don't you just do that? Well, maybe you don't. But actually, the stories have come. That's one of the things I'm proudest of is the stories that are behind the story that I'm a part of. Because they do... Still, even stories that are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old, like that one of Elijah, actually, you can, it's like layers of onions. You mm-hmm. can, there's a layer in the, and you can find, and you may, maybe I'm just being, making something up out of a piece of literature, which critics and people do all the time. But for me, that's sustaining. No, I, I appreciate that. Right, I'm going to take a collection now because I've done the same. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, to, to, To learn lessons and have a tool to manage problems in your life, I think that's great. And if that works for you and you get that from religion or, in this instance, Christianity and going to church... where where, Where do you get it from? I don't know. It's just inbuilt because it sounds like... 
The most just inbuilt. Who well, challenges you? Well, it challenges you to think a bit differently. <laughs> apart from me, <laughs> it sounds like the moment that football went through that single pane of glass, <laughs> I did exactly what a prophet would do, and I ran yeah. away. The only yeah. thing that you're saying is that the Elijah did eventually get caught, but to this day, I've still evaded it, and me and God are still talking about what I did wrong, and and. And, well, you'll, make, you'll have to answer for it on the Great Day of Judgment. Yeah, maybe. May, yeah, maybe. The, maybe the teachers are out there still looking for me, but I'm just uh, <laughs> still still running. Uh, where Where do I get my? Where do you get challenged to think differently or to approach life in a different? In a slightly different way. Um, when do you take a moment to think, actually, I'm very grateful for a lot of the good things that I've got? And when do you take a moment to think, I wonder what I ought to be changing? What what what, what have I done this week? What have I, how have I been unkind or unhelpful or, you know, because that's, that's all that a church does. That's what yeah, you do yeah. at church... No, oh, I mean, where do you but, go? So where do you get get that? And actually, you know, when somebody dies, what's your, where, how do you assimilate that? How do you? Because again, that's another thing that religion does. It gives us, and this isn't a, this isn't an argument for God. It's an argument for religion, and I know it's not the same thing, but actually, it gives us a language to deal with life. And actually, I think I'd probably be able to, if I took the time, work that into an argument. For well, God, no, actually. Uh, but actually, it's, it's, it, fu- it's funny you say that because I think that is a valid point, and it's interesting how, even though a large amount of people do not connect or or get involved with church or on Sundays or um, religion as a whole however in moments where they want to yeah. either yeah um, bury someone yeah how many people who are non-churchgoers want a church funeral yep. how many people who want to declare a lifelong love yep. in in a church who don't go to church yeah a lot and when people have uh bring in new life babies yeah yeah they, they want to mark that and yeah. they turn to church so i mean that's probably another episode we probably shouldn't start that now no i think but I, but, I, I, but but i i think a lot of people don't engage when their life is stable but in moments of immense love and joy or immense yeah. sadness and grief or immense uh, <clears throat> gratitude, yeah. weddings, funerals and baptisms, yeah. they don't have in their life uh, the tools or the language or the platform no. to mark that. And then they come running to you saying... Hey, I know I haven't been 
engaging with you but this thing's happening in my life and i want you to be part of it and help guide me through it and i say i I find that i find that really interesting and i think that should be a conversation we have at some point because do you think me saying sod off you didn't come to church on sundays so i'm not going to do it do you think that's wrong (laughs) (laughs) no i don't well no i don't no i know i know there's there's i mean especially with weddings i know there's kind of uh, guidelines in place to be like well yeah if you want to be if you want to be if you want to declare your love the, in this church you have to come yeah. come well, no, there's that, that that's i mean the vast majority of funerals that i've ever taken and the vast majority of weddings that i've taken and probably the majority not quite so many of the baptisms have been for people who don't come to church every sunday absolutely mm-hmm. and that's kind of just part of I mean, that's part of the privilege of doing what I do because, you know, you've got to... And actually, that, that, in the end, that's, 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 that's really interesting. And actually, one of the things I didn't say, and we, we can get into this next week, one of the things I said last week about, you know, I had to take every, all my neat and tidy faith apart yeah. because, of, because of Jack and Helen House and all of that, that, that um, one of the really interesting things about Helen House was that I had to figure out how to talk about the fundamentals of what I believe in in the and I don't mean this in an arrogant way but in the simplest most straightforward way because I was dealing nearly always with people who didn't go to church so I couldn't hide behind you know quoting the bible or you know saying what a saint did or um, all the kind of reference points that people like me often have when we make an argument or make a point about something um, because people didn't have that background. And actually that's true of most people who you do funerals for. So you've got to be able to deconstruct all these basic faith things that we have in, in Christianity um, not, not, uh, to, to, to the very core so that you can say something that might just make some sense to somebody who hasn't got all the baggage of religion hmm. in their hearts and minds. And actually, that's more of a challenge today than it ever was, because people haven't got the, you know, you didn't even know what a cathedral was, for goodness sake, you were a vicar's <laughs> kid. Um, but you know what I mean? They haven't got the reference point. So it's down to people like me to be able to talk about religion in or our faith in ways that aren't dressed up in religious talk and, you know, religious gobbledygook or quotes from the bible that people think you know i'm not sure what what the bible is yeah i mean without without blowing your trumpet i mean that probably puts you in a a unique position that you've had a career where you've i mean that that level of counseling and care for others and not being able to just rely on the dog collar and rely on mm. words and actually be able to connect and console and calm and teach and all of that i don't know that that there was a- that i would argue is is well again probably an, probably another conversation of of things on that subject because i mean that you, you you must have a wealth of knowledge stories and experience around death and love yeah. and well and family and tragedy and and all of that that most people in their life deal with once every 
yeah. I don't know, three, four, five years, and you're dealing with it on a weekly basis, which is yeah. weird. And, and, and actually, um, we are going to finish now, because I've nearly finished my beer, and I'm ready for a bacon sandwich. Um, and the rugby's on. The, the, yeah, indeed. The Sister Frances, who, who, who invented Helen House, who, you know, she started Helen House, the, the children's hospice movement, and, you know, on her own, really. Um, hugely impressive. Um, she used to say what people want, what people need when they're in the depths is a fully paid up member of the human race. <laughs> what does that mean? What did she fully it means they paid don't up? want somebody well just 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 proper human being. They don't they don't they don't want someone who's got all the glib answers or who's you know got a got a a, a reason and an explanation and um all the answers uh that that you know, people like me sometimes tend to try to portray in situations like that. They just want another human being, which is interesting when we come back to what you were saying about, you know, all of this resonates with you, even though you, but you can't take the God bit. Um, then actually that's what she said, that people want a, a, just, a, just a proper human being who's going to get alongside them as a human being. Um, first and foremost. Well, I mean, to I'm add a, to... The, oh, sorry. Go on. No, well, no. To, I mean, to add to the to-do list of conversations, <laughs> I feel like that's the biggest downfall of religion is that they, the, that it appears from the outside that on the whole, it's it's full of people who, who, who aren't, uh, what is it? A fully paid human, a fully paid up member of the human race, fully up. Paid up member of the human race, and <laughs> and 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 it just disconnects them. However, yeah. whether they know it or not, at some point in their life, they're probably going to have the rug pulled out from under their feet, be it through tragedy or through joy or something, and they can't. It doesn't fit in their, as yeah. you say, neat and tidy yeah. world. Yeah, yeah, but but. But are put off by religion because they feel like it's it, it they'll just have some oh, oh that's called to work or and yeah, s- yeah. simple answers to big questions whereas you're saying is you're you're willing to kind of mire in the contradictions and the hypocrisies yeah. and the difficulties and not give an answer and and accept that things are bad sometimes and that yeah. you learn from those and I think yeah. that that's probably what the human race is crying out for. At this very moment, in this uh, crazy time we're living in, indeed. But but religion but, may be missing a trick. Maybe it's a marketing thing. I don't know. Maybe you need <laughs> better PR, or I don't know. Okay. Well, we're going to leave it there. Yeah, and we'll, we'll pick that. We'll, we'll pick it up sometime next week. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Thank you for another chat. So your, your your prediction for the rugby? Who are we playing? Italy. Yeah, I mean we're going to win, but we played appallingly last week. So, uh... did you hear um, Eddie Jones on the radio this morning? I didn't. He was being interviewed on 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 the Today program, and, and actually he really because he couldn't be quite prickly, but he really, really, really likes the journalist on the Radio Four Today program, the sports guy, and he was such a lovely. It was such a lovely interview. So unusual these days to hear someone being really genuine and. And you know he's a, he's a, he's a typical Australian. It was just lovely. It's worth worth listening to. It was about half past eight. Anyway, wow, that's it. Don't really care how he talks. He, I 
care how he coaches and, and indeed we saw a lot of boring play so uh, and looking. he said actually this is the most exciting time to be a coach he said he wasn't moaning because they had a bad week last week he said this is the most exciting because actually we know we made mistakes and I made mistakes as the coach and it's my job with the team to figure out what to do next and that's what I love about the job I thought it was brilliant in a moment of crisis he becomes yeah. the uh, the fully up uppaid human person he took a step away got a perspective got a sense of proportion and he, he rose to the challenge whether he said a prayer or not I don't know maybe not I don't know anyway cheers fingers crossed cheers and speak to you <laughs> next week okay see ya bye bye bye